Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do yeah. I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Hi, I'm Katie, and my friends are my fans, and my fans are my enemies. <laughs> Hi, I'm Molly. I've had eight cups of coffee, I've got on a new pair of jeggings, and I've got in a fresh set of teeth. I'm ready for season four. Beautiful. Katie, to start this episode off, uh, I want to ask you a question. Oh, What's God. the weirdest thing you've ever collected? I used to collect things, I think I've told you this, that my crush would touch. Uh, of course, of course. So of course. the weirdest thing I remember being in that shoebox, because I'm a serial killer, was um, a string of a balloon that he gave me. Or no, rather just handed to me. I don't think he was like, get his balloon out of my way. That is disgusting. I know. I hate, I think about it all the time. That that box had so many stupid things in it. Wow. I knew that was going to be creepy, but you always <laughs> managed to wow me. I know. Um, I was thinking about this, too. I think the weirdest thing was probably uh, my friend and I, when we were about 10, We uh, she had a, a, a pool, um, not a real pool, like one of those blow-up pools, mm. and we spent most of one summer in it. Uh, making water balloons. Of course. And the water balloons were our babies. And we <laughs> named all of them. Uh, and then we started coming up with like Psychotic. a complicated genealogy for the, like the water balloons were our descendants, but they were also all related. Okay. And so we had like grand balloons and great grand balloons. <laughs> I've so, left the room. I'm talking to you guys from the street. And I would like make lists of all their names and like oh, the complex. God. I was a genealogist. From I was going to say, you really balloon, are. A very specialized branch of genealogy that just focuses on water balloons. Uh, so why are we talking about collections? Why have I brought up such disturbing God. parts of our past? Uh, so this season four, oh, this past. is our- I still collect things that you touch. <laughs> oh boy. Um, this, uh, this season, we're covering fandoms. Uh, fans. And the trouble that fans get into and cause. Yeah. Uh, we are want to talk about uh, the Beyonce versus Taylor Swift fans on Twitter. We want to talk about uh, women who are fans of murderers who are mm. locked away in prison, who write them uh, long, uh, longing letters. Um, we have some uh, an episode planned about that focuses on fan fiction mm -hmm. and some of the real life problems that fan fiction has created. That's based on yeah. celebrities. Uh, and then uh, we also want to we have plans to dip into the self help world yes. and a look at Rachel Hollis and her uh, insane fans and uh, her connection to another favorite topic of ours: multi level marketing. We love. So that's uh, those are some of our ideas up top. If you have ideas, mm -hmm. feel free to email us, yanopodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us at yanopod on Twitter. And yanoyapodcast on Instagram. On Instagram. Uh, but this episode, we're starting off with a look at the world of murderbilia. Ooh. So things that famous murderers have created. Uh, yeah. A lot of them get very crafty while they're in prison or maybe even on death row. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are things that are just associated with them uh, and their crimes that people are obsessed with collecting. So we're going to talk about uh, what some of those things are and the uh, moral implications Ooh, yeah. of those collections. And who are these freaks? Who are they? Why are they? <laughs> Why are they? So I started out my research into this topic by uh, dipping into a website called Murder Auction. Mm -hmm. Don't visit it. Don't go to it. Don't give it the Google hits. Just, I know. I unfortunately clicked. It exists. <laughs> Just know that it exists and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So their motto is a quote from Ed Gein that goes, every man has to have a hobby. No. They don't. I'm not sure if that quote is real or not. I couldn't find. There's actually not a lot of good information about mm -hmm. Ed Gein online that's easily accessible. Um, Which one was he? I'm going to tell oh, you okay. right now. So, Isn't it cool uh, that I don't know? Yeah. So Ed Gein is uh, a man who grew up in a Stop right there. farm. <laughs> Already. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, grew up on a farm outside of Plainsfield, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Had kind of a disturbing rural <clears throat> life, the details of which, again, I'm not totally clear on. Not a lot of information is available. 
Um, but he uh, he was arrested uh, in 1957 after Bernice Warden had disappeared from mm. the store, the hardware store where she worked. Uh, they found uh, they witnesses, I believe, had seen Ed Gein go. It was the last customer who had seen going to the uh, going into her store. Mm-hmm. Police showed up to Ed Gein's house and found Bernice Warden's body uh. in a disturbing state. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I'll uh, Google it later. Besides that, they also found um, a wastebasket made from human skin. Oh, he's this guy. He's this guy. He's this guy. Bulls made from human sc- skulls. <gasps> Leggings made from human uh, leg skin. Leggings. A corset made from female torso. There were lips attached no. to a window drawstring. No. I'm not going to tell you nope. the next one. A belt made from female nipples. So this is nope. what I'm telling you. Imagine what I'm leaving out because there were Jesus things that I left out. No. Yeah. Say one bad one. Okay. The worst one was there is a box. No. That contained nine vaginas. No. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He also had masks made from human skin. He was the inspiration He's this for guy. Texas leather chainsaw in the Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, so not only did he murder Bernice Warden, he also uh, confessed to um, to murdering uh, another woman named Mary Hogan, who was a tavern owner in 1954. Uh, Seems like he murdered at least nine people. Well, you'd think. Okay. But here's the thing. He was also, besides murdering, he was also uh, robbing graves nearby. Oh, that, okay. So this is part of the lore around him. I'm not sure how true this is. Supposedly, he, uh, so his... He had had kind of a rough life. Uh, his uh, parents and brother had died, had predeceased him, so he was living this kind of recluse life. Mm. Supposedly, he had this kind of strange obsession with his mother, and he was digging up the corpses of recently dece- deceased middle-aged women to make a skin suit out of them so that he could <sighs> wear them and become his mother. He was also the he inspiration his mother. for American Horror Story Psycho, episode. Oh. The Psycho Guy. Oh, God. Yeah. And also an American Horror Story episode. Right. right. And this is such like a horrifying and bizarre story. It's easy to see why this yeah. kind of took hold of the popular imagination. And now that makes that hobby quote more upsetting now yes. that I know who he is. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, after he was found, uh, uh, he was found not competent or wait i'm sorry i'm not sure if he was found competent or incompetent to stay in trial trial. but in any case he ended up in a uh, mental asylum a Mm. mental hospital he wasn't actually he wasn't put to death or anything like that um so that gave him time to produce uh some things well not i don't know about uh art Mm -hmm. so much uh, he definitely, he, uh, I did see on murder auction, there is a greeting card mm. that is, uh, up for, up for grabs. That was, li- it's listed price was $12,500 No, for a greeting card that he wrote to his pal, Jeffrey Purcells, who okay. was a pen pal of his in prison. Not sure how they got connected. And it says something really banal, like, hope you feel better. <laughs> like, it's just a get well card. See you, friend. With like a fish on it. Oh. Like, there's nothing too. No. <laughs> Bizarre about that. And that's something that I'll admit that I do have a fascination with letters from serial killers, especially when they're kind of just being boring normal. And yeah. The that yeah. is actually kind of interesting. It does interest me. I would, however, Not. save my $12,500. Put that to something else. And then there's also like on this website, you can also find a lot of more mundane things uh, associated mm-hmm. with killers, like Gein's uh, fingerprint chart from his arrest in 1957. Uh, that is, I think, like fifteen dollars. Uh, there's also See, a that fairly would be great. I think. Well, I'm just saying. I think that's more interesting than a letter. Sure. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of a boring psychiatric evaluation. Just really like run of the mill mm-hmm. stuff. People are stuff. also uh, interested in collecting. So, um, so this uh, because of mm-hmm. um, so Ed Gein, he also uh, there was a, a scalpel. Uh, that I read about in the Vice UK article that a man named Stephen Sc- Scowler uh, mm-hmm. owns that he decided to. Stephen Scowler's scalpel. Stephen Scowler's scalpel. And that's how we practice for every show. <laughs> Used to belong to Ed Gein. Uh, so uh, besides all of this, 
uh, all of this stuff that's connected to mm-hmm. Ed Gein. He's also inspired a lot of craftiness. There's a great Racked article you can read about murderers and the crafts that they've inspired <laughs> in this kind of new wave of true crime yeah. where it's taken on kind of a cutesy sheen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find on <laughs> Etsy there's a birthday card featuring Ed Gein that says, all my suits are birthday suits along with a portrait of the serial killer. Mm. Uh, and then I also saw a travel mug that's designed to look like it's made from human skin. No, no, no. In homage to his uh, arts and crafts. <sighs> and then I also saw on, so I kept browsing on Etsy, uh, <laughs> there were these serial killer cereal bowls. No. Get it? Oh, was it like skin bowls? No. Um, <laughs> I've seen a bowl that was a supposed to look like a detached boob. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get to the bottom of the bowl, and there's, like, a picture of Charles Manson or Ed Gein or Son of Sam or Ted Bundy. So, get over so it. So we want to talk about kind of the, in addition <laughs> to murderabilia, in addition to, like, the obsession with owning things that they owned or that they created, yeah. there's also inspired this, like like I said, like, cutesy yeah. arts stuff that is— Like, oh, uh, Manson at the bottom of my bowl. Yeah. Like, why? Which—and we'll get into why that's so— uh, troubling, yeah. especially because if you think about it, uh, Charles Manson's victims' relatives still alive, still yeah, walking just remember around. Remember, they had victims, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's upsetting. Like this really happened. It's not. Yeah. It's not fun. It's uh, it's easy. It's like as sorry to be the downers, I, right. but <laughs> so it's you not and fun. I are both true crime fans, yeah. and we get it, and we watch every documentary and stuff. We're like women. This. We're women, uh, in other words. and But it's just like this, I think the whole point of this episode, I'll just say mm-hmm. up top, it's kind of the separation of like your interest in true crime and the psychology behind it. We want to separate that yes. from this sort of glorification that goes on and this fandom that yes. goes on that's go, that's... You're basically a fan of these You're a fan of these... Horrible psychopaths yes. who ruined a lot of people's lives. Yes, I hate to be a downer, but no, I also love, I love to be a downer. I love that we have this episode. Yeah. I'm sick of all your shit, everyone. <laughs> Keep your Manson scarves out of here. Yeah. I saw a Manson scarf on Etsy. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, and he died very recently, like 2017, I think. Yeah, he sucks. He is a recent phenomenon. Um, oh, yeah, true. So uh, the weirdest thing that I saw that I wanted to mention were uh, underpants worn in prison by a serial killer named Dana Gray. Who is a female serial killer? Get it, girl. I'm not going to say that. Um, So she. Girl, get it. (laughs) Equality, glass ceilings. Yeah, oh, shatter them. Shatter them. So uh, there is a pair of underwear. That was, no. Ah, then we don't like her. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she was charging, or at least this website is charging $195 for her underwear where she's signed the crotch. Whoa. Okay. These are not like sexy underwear. These look like prison issued, like I don't, yeah, I don't think prison underwear is hot. Right. So she went on a spree in 1994 where she murdered three old women, took their credit cards, went on spending sprees. She had Jesus. a bit of a spending problem. She had her house foreclosed on, and she had uh, run, run her and her husband mm-hmm. very much into debt, even though she had she and her husband both had pretty good jobs. She had worked as a nurse for a long time, um, but she had gotten fired from her job because she was caught uh, stealing painkillers. Okay. So uh, the fourth woman she attempted to kill was uh-huh. actually her undoing because this woman, uh, she strangled her, but she only blacked out. She didn't die. Mm. And then one of the things that helped identify Dana Gray was the woman remembered as she was being strangled, mm-hmm. she heard this woman saying, just relax. And she said it was like in a very calm voice, the kind that a nurse would use, <gasps> which helped them there close in on Dana Gray. Damn. Yeah. Get her panties for one ninety five, one dollar and ninety five cents. Then, uh, so, but one of the the murderers whose art I was mm-hmm. the most aware of before doing this episode was John Wayne Gacy, who famously did okay. a series of clown paintings. He's, Is he the clown guy? He's the clown okay. guy. He has a clown problem. He has a clown problem, among other things. Um, yeah, just as a quick refresher on <laughs> Yeah, John I don't Gacy. know these people. Uh, he murdered at least 33 teenage boys and young men between 1972 and 1978. Holy shit. 
He was finally caught after police came to his house as part of a search for a missing 15-year-old boy, and this boy had gone to his house to inquire about a job working for John Wayne Gacy's construction company. Oh, my God. Uh, They get to his, uh, they get, the police come to John Wayne Gacy's house, and they notice that there's an awful lot of clothing in his house that looks like it's way too small for him because he was a big, fat clown. He was fat. I remember that. Yeah, so he was moonlighting during this time that he was doing these killings. He was also uh, working as a children's clown, uh, a clown for children's parties. Wow. Yeah, he would perform under the nom de clown, I guess you would say, Pogo. A lot of his uh, portraits are uh, of Pogo Pogo. Of Pogo the Clown, yeah. So, um, and it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on this murder auction website, mm-hmm. I saw one of these paintings, Goodbye Pogo the Clown, uh, which currently has a, an asking bid of 12500 which is that the that's same a as nice the, number yeah, that everyone likes? Maybe that's just the number that they throw out. Uh, when they first are taking bids, I don't know. Um, so when I so I posted this on our Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, I said, you know, hey, would any of you are <laughs> cra- crazed fans? Would you all buy this painting? Uh, and then Mugly Truth podcast tweeted at uh, tweeted at us regarding this painting. There's so many nopes about buying that painting. <laughs> point one, cl- uh, clown. Uh, point two Agreed. to a thousand, clown. Now. If it was a bowl of fruit by Gacy, still nope. Seriously, <laughs> this is a fascinating topic. Can't wait to listen. Hope you're listening. We're here for you. Yeah, but that's a good a point. A bowl of fruit by Gacy. That's a good I point. Like it's that. like, on the one hand, so his paintings, I will say, out of all the art that I looked at, they are kind of the most arresting. Yeah. It's like very haunting because it's like a, a lot of his images of clowns are kind of similar mm-hmm. and they're against this uh, sort of forlorn uh, Illinois backdrop yeah. of uh, just these uh, trees. Look I looked like, at a few of them, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't know the sameness of them. There is something very no. It's spooky. very, it's very spooky. I agree, spookier than the other stuff I saw. Some of these serial, it's like clear that they're just like it. Just seems like something like a kid would do, yeah. with like a crayon, and it's just sort of like I'm bored in gross. prison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Ace was like. Must draw Pogo. Like it yeah. seemed crazed. Right. So um, so according to the Crime Museum website, he started these <clears throat> paintings while he was on death row. He uh-huh. acquired a set of paints, started cranking them out. Um, they were mostly self-portraits, like I said. He also did a lot of paintings of Man- Manson, interestingly enough. Interesting. Everybody loves Manson. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, We'll get to more of that. So uh, he told reporter Tim Cahill that he painted these images to bring joy to people's lives. That's not true. But I read an Aussie article (laughs) um, that was about John Wayne Gacy's paintings, and uh, they reported that people would write to him uh, in prison, and he would write back saying, for $300, I will send you a painting of Pogo the Clown. (laughs) So was it to bring people happiness, or was it to make a quick buck? Get that commissary money. Yeah, before uh, before he was put to death oh, in right. 1994. Um, just for reference, it came out in 1984. So, yeah, and that's kind of so you can see how like in the interim between it coming out and John Wayne Gacy being executed, he had time to make make some money make off some of money. that idea of him being you know the killer clown, Ugh. the one who started it all. <laughs> Trendsetter Johnny, Johnny Depp. I read. Is Ew. known to have purchased a oh, Gacy. God, of course. I of hate him. He's such a loser. Can you just picture him being like, Oi, oh, I a- need this. He's American, but that's an accent I'm using. Well, he's a very complicated character. <laughs> oh, and I'm fascinated by his darkness. It's that thing yeah. of like. Oh, men love other men's darkness. <laughs> it's just a thing of like, I was imagining Johnny Depp. <laughs> Saying and like getting actually angry, like I'm just like I, I feel so strongly that I know, I know exactly how Johnny Depp would talk about this stupid painting. I see, I see it in his house in my mind, and I'm very angry. Yeah, yeah. What um, a fucking loser. So, eat in this Aussie article, uh, Edie Crow, a uh, Deplains. Uh, hope I'm saying that right. Deplains, uh, Illinois resident, said, uh, "I'd like to talk to Depp and find out in what way his Gacy paintings speak to him." Beyond the 33 dead boys behind them. Thank you. Yeah. 
Couldn't agree more. So a vice. Does Gacy have a fam? Like, where does this money go to? Are you going to tell me later? I'm no, jumping the gun. No, I actually am not sure. Okay. I believe he does have a, a offspring. Okay. Uh, he did leave surviving relatives, so maybe he was making money. I was like, it goes to his to, weird estate? Like, what the right. fuck? Right. I okay. think he was trying to leave money to his family. unfortunate family. His unfortunate family. Got it. I know that he was married. Anyway. Unfortunately. So, okay. So a Vice article reported that um, two businessmen bought a bunch of these paintings so that the families could burn them. Oh. Um, but ever since they bought those paintings to be burned, the price of the paintings has gone up. Really? Maybe. And I'm I'm sort of assuming that those are related events, but that yeah. is my assumption. Yeah. I don't totally know. Um, you know, supply-demand kind supply of makes demand. sense. Um, ever since, uh, so in 2017, a UK auction valued one at 9000 And like I said, there's one that I saw in auction for over 12000 uh, so in an article from Oxygen entitled Why Are People Fascinated by the Artwork of Serial Killer John Wayne Gacy, it shows a picture of Carrie Cahoon, the sister of one of the victims, throwing Burning a painting it. into the bonfire. Good. Yeah. So Charles Manson is a name that's already come up I'm quite a bit. over him. When he died in 2017, his estate oh, was no. worth $400,000. That's too much. That's too much. For a man that's been in prison for how long? Like, he was in prison for such a long time. For a very long time, yeah. 39 years. And he years. had so many fans. So his Women signatures. loved him. And men. Oh, and God. Man. Right. And men. Yeah. <laughs> Let's and not men. men. And men. I would say, if anything, it's Possibly pretty, more men. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I don't have those numbers in front no. of me. But I've seen I've a lot. I've crunched the numbers, and it's men. <laughs> I've seen a lot of male collectors like look yeah. at all my Manson signatures. That is so gross. So he sent out a ton. He's sent out a ton of postcards. He's signed a ton of stuff. There's uh, a signature his stuff. His signatures uh, have a the trademark swastika that he was so that known he invented. For, that he invented, <laughs> according to him. Uh, so, uh, there, and then there are some things related to him that are just so uh, absurdly, yeah. why does this exist? Like there's a Reese's Pieces packet from a, what? someone visited him in prison in 2002 and they saved his half-eaten like Reese's Pieces package. Like what I do with my package. crushes. Like you with it's your crush. Actually, it's me. <laughs> um, Here's my Manson box. Yeah. So those are on auction for $1,250 on a website called Supernot. To be fair, I think those have been on auction for a while. People are like, we're not buying this. And also, how do you authenticate that? I, I don't know. know. I Seriously, I could just be like, this was Manson's water bottle. I'll just it's mention mine. quickly that, of course, there are a lot of fakes out there. Guys, watch out. No, actually, I hope you buy a fake thing, yeah. you nerds. Yeah. So so now uh, there's a huge estate, which I'm not going to get into the details because it's too involved. But now there is a big battle, a legal battle for oh, his, his estate. Oh, yeah. And a judge has ordered someone to take a DNA test to prove that they're his grandson because oh. he's claiming that he. So it's like it's oh, he so has much money. Kids? So he had, he definitely has one son okay. who uh, committed suicide, I believe, in the 90s. Really? So there's a guy who says that I'm the he's probably that guy's son. But that's in dispute. So, okay. uh, so it, but it's just, it's crazy to think like it's so much money that people want to prove that they're related to Manson. I know. Yeah, that's and a it's lot like, of money. That that's something you would keep, keep it down. down. Yeah. But no. They, uh, they, they, they want They it. want that 400000 which I get. Yeah. So I got a lot of information when I was starting out reading uh, about this from an Observer article by Eric Spitznagel. And in this article, I read mm. about a man by the name of Andy Kahn, who yeah. is a vocal critic of the murderbilia world. If you read anything about murderbilia, you're going to see his name. Didn't um, he coin the phrase? Oh, did he? Yeah, I read that wow. in, in the thing. Oh, okay. In 1999. Um, so he's a uh, a vocal, uh, like I said, a vocal critic, and he's a, a victim's advocate at mm. Houston Crime Stoppers. Um, and he also used to work for the uh, city of Houston as the official victim advocate. And he also uh, used to work as a parole officer. So he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said in this article, uh, a quote from him that I thought was interesting. He said, when you end up on death row now, two things happen. You get reborn and you turn into Da Vinci. Mm. So why is that? So to find out, yeah. I called him to ask. I love that. He's one of those people where you can you just, just say, I'm calling you. You can just you find his email address. You say, hey, I have some questions. Can, can we speak? And he emails you back a second later. Really? And it's like, yeah, call me now. 
Call me right fucking now. I'm in my office. Time is money. So, yeah. So I called him and uh, he asked me, like, who are you? What is this podcast? Who's your co-host? What's her deal? And I was like, <laughs> is very, she a serial killer? At first I was very like, what was her deal with her crushes when she was, does she have any like shoe boxes <laughs> full of weird stuff that I should know about? He didn't ask that, but he did ask like generally. And I realized like, I don't really have a good tight elevator pitch for what this podcast yeah, was. Yeah, that's true. I was like, who Cultural, is Katie? Like, yeah. She's some bitch from New Jersey. I don't is she know. Just beautiful? She's yeah. She's just a beautiful woman. <laughs> she's a beautiful bitch. What do you want? Look, I'll send you a photo. <laughs> from now um, on, when they're like, who is she? Just send a pic. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned where you work. And then I was like, that's not really pertinent to what we're talking about, though. But then I was just like, yeah, we're taking a negative stance on this, just so you know. So right. then, like, he was like, he was okay. more into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he, um, he isn't the only voice speaking out against this kind of thing. He also talked about how he's spoken to a lot of family members of murder victims. And uh, he's served on boards of groups like Parents of Murdered Children and Surviving Family Members of Homicide. Oof. Uh, and he, when we were talking, he told me about a <clears throat> conversation he had with a father of a murdered woman saying his daughter didn't die so a murderer could get rich and famous. There you go. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I also watched an episode of the John Walsh show. Who's that? So John Walsh is the guy who uh, his long time was the host of America's Most Wanted. Oh yeah. So his six-year-old son, Adam, was mm -hmm. abducted from a mall in 1981 and then later they discovered his head. Um, but not the rest of his body. So Jesus. on uh, on the John Walsh show he um, he talks about how he's going to ambush the owner of SerialKiller.com. That's his mm -hmm. guest on the show that day. And he says, like, in the before the break snippet, he says, Can you imagine buying a painting by a man who murdered at least six young boys? We'll hear from that pervert when we get back. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. That fucking sick freak. Yeah, say it, tell tell it like it is. John. I love that. We'll hear from that pervert <laughs> yeah. after this. Yeah, it's my show. <laughs> I love that, and I'm calling it. That's awesome. So the man in question is Otis Toole, who's mm -hmm. believed to be who confessed to murdering Adam Walsh, and uh, John Walsh confronts this guy whose name I didn't write down. Who doesn't matter? He's the owner of SerialKiller.com. He uh -huh. said, "How can you buy a painting by this guy Otis Toole, who?" Um, who killed at least six young boys and allegedly, you know, beheaded my son. Jesus Christ, yeah. And during the show, and the guy is just kind of like, oh, it's just interesting. Oh. Like he'd never, yeah, he's not he very articulate. Know, yeah. He doesn't give good responses. Um, and John Walsh points out to him that Otis Toole at one time contacted John Walsh and said <gasps> he would tell him where the rest of his son's body was for $5,000. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. What a pervert. And you want to give this person money. No. Yeah. I want to give that person a fucking knuckle sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And so, then some. So Deborah, I want to stick him in the shoebox under your bed. Yeah, me too. Um, Deborah Tate. I collect dead bodies <laughs> of bad men. Of bad men. Of bad men. She's like a hot version of Dexter. <laughs> Coming to ABC this fall. Hot Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Deborah Tate, let's tone it <laughs> sorry, down. Sorry. Uh, Deborah Tate, Sharon Tate's sister. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone who doesn't know who Sharon Tate no, is? No, don't even uh, acknowledge those people. Charles Manson's victim, main victim. Yeah, main victim. His pregnant hippie, victim. Yeah, she was heavily pregnant. Roman Polanski, Polanski's wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was. Beautiful actress. Beautiful actress. Star of, One of Valley the of the Dolls. Beautiful actresses. I ever really love her, yeah. Who have lived. Uh, so, yes, she was one of the murder victims of his hippie cult. It's wrong to call them hippies, just cult. Um, so she's another yeah. advocate for the end of this kind of thing. Yes. Uh, she says in the True Crime Watch daily episode mm -hmm. series that they did on Murderbelia, she said, uh, it makes me sick. Do they stop and think what they're doing, the collectors of Murderbelia? Mm -hmm. Or are they just blinded by the light of star killers? Uh, she also mentioned, I was told that Charlie can bring anywhere from 150000 to $300,000 per year. Like we mentioned right. earlier, at the, the time of his death, his estate was worth almost half a million dollars. So they are making good money <sighs> yeah. off of this reputation they have. 
So, uh, and then uh, Khan on our conversations said uh, he understands a fascination with serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like we, of course, we're always going to be fast and drawn in sure. by that kind of lurid details and that kind of twisted mm-hmm. psychology. Mm-hmm. But he says like of these, this collection and this obsession and fandom, it says, why do you want to give these people immortality? I agree. Like you should study them and observe sure. them and figure out what makes them tick. Psychopathy is an interesting topic it in is. and of itself. But, but don't pay them. But I hope by now we've made a pretty good case that you shouldn't be able to murder and rape people. Yeah. And turn it into a business. Thank you. So that brings us to the topic of Son of Sam laws. Son of Sam. Which are statutes that a lot of states have adopted as a way to combat this issue mm-hmm. and a way to try to prevent criminals from making money off of their notoriety that they've gained from committing horrible, violent acts. Yes. So uh, they don't work a lot of the time. Sure. Which is something I also learned Mm -hmm. from uh, Andy Khan when we spoke. Um, So why are they called Son of Sam? Well, from Son of Sam laws. Uh, From July 1976 Mm -hmm. to August 1977, it was a rough time in New York City. I know. Our city. I was around. You weren't. <laughs> you absolutely were not. You were not yet a twinkle in your I've mother's. I've been alive for a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, not far from. That was uh, the guy in the cars. Cars. People making out. <laughs> People making out. People yeah. making yep. out as son of Sam. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so he, he went after women as well as couples. And a lot mm. of them, yes, were couples <laughs> who were making out. The make out killer. He was never called that. Um, it was seemingly at random. It happened all over. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, one's in the Bronx, one's in Queens. Right. Like, it's not really. And for those of you not from New York, New York is a very big city. Yeah, that's to be in the Bronx and then to be in Queens is nearly psychotic. It's such a commute. It's, su- <laughs> it's completely psychotic. The craziest thing about him was that he went from the Bronx to Queens. <laughs> Queens. <laughs> My God. Um, so, in total, he killed six people and wounded seven. Uh, And it's like, and it was clear that this was uh, a a crazy person because, again, Browns, Queens. But then also (laughs) it's like they they weren't connected in any way, except they did note that a lot of the women had long, dark hair, which made a lot of women around that time in New York say, chopping it off, going blonde. I'm going blonde. Yep. Uh, Originally, the newspapers called him the 44 caliber killer because that was Mm. the type of gun that he used. The name Son of Sam comes from letters that were found near the body. One of them oh. said, I'm a monster. I am the son of Sam. And that was his dog, right? Oh, no, my God. <laughs> I'm like, right? Also, right, uh, he, we should just do a podcast that's just Where you I just guess. guessing <laughs> at what crimes were about. I li- my favorite part of myself is not knowing what <laughs> any of these things are. <laughs> um. So he also, this killer mm-hmm. would write to police uh i jotted down one of these letters that went uh, please inform all the detectives working the case that i wish them the best of luck keep digging drive mm. on think positive get off your butts knock on coffins etc that was one letter yes oh god upon <laughs> my capture i promise to buy all the guys working on the case a new pair of shoes if i can get up the money and then it That's signed nice. son of Sam. <laughs> And then it's signed Son of Sam, followed by a weird symbol. Okay. So how they solved it is one of the detectives started going through parking t- tickets uh, that were given uh, out at the time that, one, that people were murdered yeah. and uh, near where victims were shot. And he finds a car that was in the vicinity that belongs to one David Berkowitz, who lives in Yonkers. Oh, God. Uh, so he calls it, a chance. So he calls a dispatcher in Yonkers uh, who happens to know him. She happens to be Wheat Carr, his neighbor, <gasps> or at least the daughter of his neighbor, Sam Carr. Sam Carr <gasps> has a black lab that David Berkowitz shot. Jesus. So uh, I knew there was a dog. <laughs> the detectives go. They find Berkowitz as soon as they as soon as the detective says, That's "Hey, like amazing detective work." They did a great job. They did a great job. Where it says, hey, you, get out of that car. Mm-hmm. And David Berkowitz immediately went, you got me. No. Immediately. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I, w- I mean, he's writing letters. Yeah, like, he, he wants, wants to be caught, I guess. Caught. I don't know. So, yeah, he then we'll goes on know. to spin the story about how 
the son of Sam came, came from uh, the son of Sam was the black lab mm-hmm. uh, who he had identified as a demonic possessed by a demonic force. Right. It's not, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, he spun a lot of no, stories about does. that. Later, he recanted that story. He, in a letter to his psychiatrist, he was like, yeah, I made that up. Mm. That was just, to you know. Seem I never crazy? Yeah. Okay. And then another time he said like, oh, yeah, it was a satanic cult that got a hold of me and made me do this. So a lot of it, mm. and they this is in the latest season of Mind, uh, Mind Hunter, if any of you are watching that. I've been told I should. Yeah, they do a really the guy who plays man the people they find to play these serial killers are, are they good? so eerily reminiscent. Really? Um, but yeah, and so they kind of play up that angle where it's like, hey, you're not really crazy, right? And in, in the show, he's Got depicted it. as being who knows. I'm not saying I'm no David Berkowitz expert. <laughs> so, um, so when after he was captured, a rumor starts circulating that he's going to be paid for his life rights. Ooh. There's no, I don't know where these rumors came from. Right. It's just, it was widely suspected that that was going to happen. So New York State got its, uh, got itself together it and like, passed the Son no. of Sam laws, which are s- state statutes providing uh, that any share a criminal might otherwise have in proceeds from a book or other presentation about his crime must be placed into an escrow account for the benefit of any victims of the crime. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So why is it that we have murder auction sites now? Like, how does how is it that these right, are still able right. to exist? Uh, so Khan, uh, we were talking about it, and he says, like, a lot of these statutes can be challenged. And the uh-huh. Supreme Court has found over and over again that Son of Sam laws uh, violate um, uh, free speech. Oh, a felon's this is right a free to free speech. speech thing. It turns into a big free speech thing, oh, which is brother. so yeah. And it's like so okay, you're a felon, you can't vote. If you get out, like you, a lot of times you have a hard sure. time finding a job. But oh, your free speech is like the bless thing. his speech. Yeah. So okay, so this is deter- that one of the cases that sort of made it clear that the son of Sam thing wasn't going to really hold up. Yeah. Uh, 19, uh, 1985, Simon Schuster Publishing Company published a book by Nicholas Pleggy called Wise Guy, Life in the Mafia Family, about ex-mobster Henry Hill. Okay. Henry Hill was, of course, later played by Ray Liotta in oh, Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah. In the Scorsese movie. Goodfellas. I'm not really clear on how much Henry Hill got from this movie or book deal, but um, presumably he was paid because Mm -hmm. that's there was a whole Son of Sam lawsuit about it. Uh, Simon and Schuster versus members of New York State Crime Victims Board, the name of the case in 1991. Uh, The Supreme Court handed down an opinion that stated the Son of Sam laws were over-inclusive, saying that the definition of a convicted criminal in the language was too broad and apparently didn't stipulate clearly enough that the criminal had to have been actually found guilty of the time of the crime. Okay. I don't understand that because I thought that's what convicted was. Isn't that what convicted criminal means? Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but I really thought that's what convicted meant. I mean, call us crazy. So the court pointed out that as a law was written, it would have prevented someone like a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from profiting from the sale of his book. Interesting. He was arrested at a restaurant sit-in. So they were saying like oh, the way it is it's written. kind of broad. The way it's written, if you admit that you committed a crime, right. then you can't make money off of that, even if. No matter what. No, no matter what. Um, so I, I don't know. Another argument held that the, that the law was also under-inclusive since they only target the money generated from the sale of items related to the crime and not to the criminal's other assets. Whatever, nerds. Like, you nerds. (laughs) It's like you thought so hard about this. Couldn't you think hard enough to, you know what I mean? Couldn't you think yourself out of here? If you think hard enough about anything, you can make anything make sense. So make yes. something else make sense. Yeah. I, yes. Right? Yes. Gavel, gavel, gavel. No, gavel, gavel, throw them in jail. Yeah. I'm arresting the Supreme I'm Court. I'm arresting the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, you're under arrest. <laughs> uh, citizen's arrest. How does that work? I know all about citizen's <laughs> arrest. I Google it all the time. <laughs> There's a wiki how on how to do a citizen's arrest. Can I tell you really quick? So Absolutely. You, okay. So let's say you just did like, okay, it also advises that you shouldn't Go citizens arrest someone who just committed a violent crime. But let's say I saw you steal something. 
I stole this she did bottle of water know. from the refrigerator so here then at JC Studios. I would shout after you, hey, I'm placing you under citizen's arrest. Stay with me until the cops arrive. That's what you have to say. Uh, wait until the police arrive. You have to tell them that. And you right. are not allowed as a citizen, unfortunately, to tackle. Tackle. Right. I can't tackle you. I just shout after you that I'm placing you under citizen's, citizen's arrest. arrest. Oh, Guys. well, a WikiHow article has never been wrong. It was so, so and there's one picture in the Wiki article and it's like, don't do this against a violent crime. It's just a guy behind a corner with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Google citizen's arrest. It's very fun. Guys, go out, do some citizen's arrest, <laughs> write in, let us know how Listen it went. Citizen's arrest, the Supreme Court, yeah. justices of the world. <laughs> Please. So, uh, and by the way, I'm getting a lot of this information from the DC Bar website. Oh, beautiful. Um, so another case that comes up a lot when you talk about Son of Sam laws. Uh, did you know Uh-oh. that in 1963, yes. Frank's. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> do you know about 1963? Heard Frank, about it. What am I going to say? Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Frank Sinatra's <laughs> son was. I don't know. Kidnapped. What? Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped from a F-S-J? from the Hurrah Casino in Lake Tahoe. And brought by three kidnappers to Los Angeles. Their names were Joseph Amsler, John Irwin, and Barry Keenan. They held Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah. I didn't, he was a grown man. I don't know how old he was. I should know Old that. enough to Sorry. be in a casino? Old enough to be in a casino, but young enough to be kidnapped. I don't know. Adult now? It would be pretty sad if he was like 27. Uh, I think he was. <laughs> okay, maybe. Sorry, Frank Sinatra Don't Jr. Don't make fun Jr. of him. No, no, listen. I'm sure you're great. Um, so Frank Sinatra paid them $240,000 to get his to get his sweet baby, maybe adult son back. <laughs> Give me my grown boy. <laughs> so John Irwin, one of the kidnappers, bragged to his brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> Guess what? I got all this money. Guess how? Kidnapped Frank Sinatra Jr. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Wow. So his brother was like, hold that thought. (laughs) Citizen's arrest. No, actually arrested, (laughs) like called the police, had him Brother, hold that thought. Yeah. Wow. That's a bad brother. But a good man. Good citizen, bad brother. Yeah. The Frank Um, Sinatra story. (laughs) Yeah. So the three kidnappers are arrested. Uh, When they get out of prison, they talk to a reporter named Peter Gilstrap who wrote an article called Snatching Sinatra. Oh, so Columbia Pictures bought the movie rights for $1.5 million, oh, which was God. split among Gilstrap, the reporter, and the three kidnappers. That so, does seem crazy. So by that time, uh, uh, there had already been a law passed, a son of Sam law passed in California that was uh, based on the New York state laws about son of Sam. Um, and so Frank Sinatra Jr. filed a complaint saying, uh, excuse me, I would prefer it if people didn't profit from my kidnapping. Uh, guys. Uh, 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 pardon. Well, um, get back in your casino, Frank Sinatra Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he wanted the money placed in a trust for him as the victim of the crime. Jeez. Reasonable. Uh, yeah. Keenan countered. One of the kidnappers, Barry Keenan, countered that this violated his rights to free speech. In a legal move called a demurrer. Oh. Which is very hard to say. Demurrer. <laughs> it's hard for people like us to say that word. Yeah. A California court found that California laws moved, uh, used more precise language than the New York statute and ruled in favor of Sinatra. Don't celebrate yet. Okay. Uh, Keenan appealed. And it went to the Supreme Court. And they? Who found that the case did, in fact, have a little too much in common with the Simon & Schuster case, saying that the California Son of Sam laws, and I quote, discouraged the creation and dissemination of a wide range of ideas and expressive works, which have little or no relationship to the exploitations of one's criminal misdeeds. Who let these hippies into the Supreme Court? The opinion for this. It does feel like what they took off their mask. And and it was was Charles Manson. just the Charles, whole time. and he was like, Express, man. <laughs> Justice Squeaky From rules. <laughs> uh, sta- uh, the, the opinion further stated 
The statute that confiscates all profits from works which make more than a passing, nondescriptive reference to the creator's past crimes still sweeps within its ambit a wide range of protected speech, discourages the discussion of crime in non-exploitative contexts, and does so by means not narrowly focused on recouping profits from the fruits of crime. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Uh, it wasn't specific enough. What I don't, again, what I don't understand, again, not a lawyer, not a legal beagle. Uh, why can't we just tighten up that language? Why can't we just tighten like, it why up? Why can't we just go back and say like, oh, oh, oh wait, we just edited the no, law. Now it says this. edit things. <sighs> Guys. Edit it. I love free speech, but fire Jesus Fire up that Christ. Word document <laughs> and let's make some changes. Yes. How hard is it? Anyway, I don't know. The answer is I Look, don't know. Look, we're not lawyers. Yeah. We've said that. Yeah. And you guys need to understand that. So the Supreme Court hasn't been a lot of help. No. But Andy Kahn has had some successes. Yeah. Uh, in 2001, he persuaded eBay to ban the sale of murderbilia. I like that. Uh, I read an article from a Houston newspaper called Cron or The Cron, I believe, by Matt Schwartz. Um, it quotes eBay's lawyers as saying, out of respect for the immediate family members of murder victims, we've decided to set an even stricter ge- guideline for the sale okay, of yeah. creepy shit. Um, but Andy Kahn points out that this announcement came out right before a tw- 2020 was airing a piece on murderbilia that featured Kahn. And he said, and Kahn said of that in this article, now call me a cynic or whatever, but that's the day before the 2020 piece comes out. We thought it was kind of strange, a strangely amusing comment by the spokesman that this was done out of respect for the victims' families. Yeah. But you know what? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Going back to Son of Sam laws, didn't you have yeah. a recent run-in with I Son did, of Sam? I did, and it's fun. It, I don't— Zlaus? I'm going to see what's going to happen with it, but so I dealt with a case that we gave a guy money for— um, Katie works for a company that finances medical lawsuits. Um, personal injury loss. Sorry, personal injury losses. So we gave a guy money. He died, not because of the money. He died just because he, he died. under the weight He was of crushed the under the weight of the money. He died in prison um, from like, I don't remember what happened. We gave him money for, a, actually it was a medical thing. He died in prison. He His case, his medical malpractice case that happened before he died, won a ton of money. Like mm. 1.5 million. So it was sit, it's sitting currently or was sitting in escrow at surrogate's court, which is when the judge is like, gavel, gavel, you get this, you get that. Shut up. I hate you all. That's what they do. <laughs> so this is interesting. Five kids come out of the woodwork of this guy and they're like, we all need this money. And his wife's like, I don't even know you guys. And then a woman. I'm sorry. Are these <laughs> people saying that they're his kids? Yeah. Okay. And this woman. Yeah. But. They're like, we're his kids. And his wife, the deceased's wife, is like, I don't even know who you are. But then another woman comes out and she says, son of Sam, he can't profit off of, he. no one in his family should make any money, his estate, mm-hmm. because he raped me. And that's why he was in prison. I know. It's going to get very complicated. I don't think the son of Sam's going to hold up. But yeah, he wasn't making money off of the fact that he raped her. Her attorney is going to argue that because he was in jail as a rapist, he can't collect, his estate can't collect anything. I know. It's going to be complicated. Again, I know. We've said it 17 times. We're not say it lawyers. Time. Not a lawyer, but having It's just read- funny that I had a son of, I hadn't, we don't get that a lot. Yeah. Um, in my line of work. Yeah. And I guess it's because he's a, but I know I was like, he's not profiting off of the crime that he did. Yeah. But I guess it's. His criminal, he's a criminal life. And I don't know. It's going to be weird. Well, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Maybe now, now that I'm remembering that I am in fact a lawyer, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the looseness of the language. I think it's going to work in her. It might work in her favor. Would work in her favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think they have a lot. They have a, it's going to be a uphill battle. I have a feeling. Well, I can't wait to hear how that. Me too. How that turns out. (laughs) So. Uh, oh God, where was I? I feel like I just imagining a woman running into the court, son of Sam. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like that's what happened. Yeah, and also, oh wait, wait but she's she saying that she should get the money because she's yes. the victim. Yes, okay, okay, okay. Look, look okay, you got to make money somehow. He's also dead. Like right. maybe his. I don't know. I don't look, son of Sam. 
We don't yeah. know anything. We're not lawyers. And where did all these kids come from? I thought you were going to say that this woman was like, I'm the mom of these five mysterious children. Look. We're the sons of Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. Andy Khan, going back to him, um, gets eBay to cut it out. But then, you know, because eBay can't do it, all these other sites have uh, popped up. Circling back to a one uh, David Berkowitz is still alive, still in prison. And Andy Khan says the highlight of his career is his ongoing correspondence with Berkowitz, who has become his ally in the fight against murderbilia. Berkowitz mm. voluntarily turned over money made from the sale of his book to the crime board of New York State. Um, according to the New York Post, uh, he is a born-again Christian, oh. now goes by Son of Hope. Okay. Yeah. In a New York Times article. Really milking that. He's kind of milking it. A uh, New York Times article quotes Joseph Coffey, who was the police sergeant who took Berkowitz's original confession. Uh, he said, it's a total charade to promote himself, said Mr. Coffey. I've had people who I sent to prison or put in the witness protection program find religion because it suits them by providing them access to the outside world. Mm. Because, you know, now there are all these people who are... Now, maybe fans isn't the wrong word, but it is absolutely the strangest alliance I've developed over my 25 years plus in criminal justice. Wow. Saying that this mm -hmm. relationship that he's had with Berkowitz, I believe this is from Oxygen. Um, and he says that uh, Berkowitz, um, and this uh, Rolling Stone also did an article about this. Um, so Berkowitz it gets contacted by murderbilia sellers mm -hmm. who want to get him involved uh, and uh, Andy Khan said he's learned it's sort of like a grooming process where they're like, hey, hey, killer, this can be a mutually beneficial thing right. where we just need you to like, you know, lick a bunch of, you know, bobbleheads of you, <laughs> panties, whatever, wear these panties for a week. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll all profit from it. Yeah. So when Berkowitz gets something like this, like I think that there were some greeting cards, I believe, that this guy wanted to get Berkowitz to sign or something. Um, so he ships anything he gets like that to Andy Khan and okay. has provided kind of this insight into like how these murderbilia people work. So uh, Khan said that he was kind of, you know, very suspicious at first of Berkowitz's motives, but says that he does believe that he is actually remorseful and that he is actually showing yeah. genuine contrition. Whether that's true or not, I mean, it's in the end, it does seem to be helping. Yeah to get some of these gross trinkets off the street. So I also wanted to mention that in the Observer article where I first uh, read about Khan, mm -hmm. I read that um, a, a tactic that a lot of murderbilia peddlers will use mm -hmm. is they'll write a serial killer pretending to be a lady who's interested in a romantic correspondence yeah. uh, but then it'll turn out like ah i was uh, I just, <laughs> i'm a man and so then the serial killer will like send them like oh yeah here's a drawing i made for you here's a letter blah 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 and so then now the murderbilia person has all this stuff to sell so johnny robinson a serial killer and rapist who murdered at least eight women in kansas uh, -huh. uh they showed in this article it's really great you should look at it uh this letter that he wrote to a dealer in Washington after he learned, like, oh, man, you're not a chick. Uh, he wrote in this letter, what a loser you are. Preying on those in prison for monetary gain. Talk about a bottom killer. Oh, my God. A bottom feeder. A bottom killer. A bottom killer. A bottom feeder. It's, uh, you got to love the righteous indignation Ooh, of a serial that. killer. Hey, Just man. Fuck you. <laughs> Chef's kiss. So stupid. So stupid. It really shows you like how dissociated they are. Oh, it's so from, freaky. Yeah. Another uh, point I think that's important to make about this towards the point of like not glorifying, not yeah. making them into, because I originally thought uh, I was, uh, when I spoke with Mr. Khan, I, uh, I said, you know, what do you think? about um, just putting things like this, like, in a museum, maybe. Right. And he was like, well, anything like that adds to the glorification. Totally. Of a, and just feeds into this narcissism mm -hmm. that a lot of these psychopaths have. And that, oh, I think, is a really— they would love that. And I think that's a really good point. And there are so many 
killers that you see that they have this need for attention, like mm-hmm. BTK and Son of Sam, like they write letters because mm-hmm. they want the attention from the police. Charles Manson had a lot of aspirations to become a pop star. Um, Luke Magnata, the Canadian uh, serial killer who, or actually I'm not sure if he's a serial killer, but he made a snuff film called One Lunatic, One Ice Pick, where he Oof. murdered uh, an exchange student named Lin Jun. Um, he had auditioned for a reality show. And you can listen to his audition tape where he talks about how good looking he is. Um, I'm good looking. Yeah. And when police closed in on him, he was at an internet cafe reading articles about himself. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. It's like there's a lot of things to suggest that a lot of people who who are horrible, prolific murderers uh, are doing so because they have this crazed need for attention and they maybe aren't that talented. And so they think, you know, since I can't make it being a pop star, a reality show star or whatever, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. I'm going to kill a bunch of people. Rejection. Men can't handle it. Boy. Oh boy. Um, so that's something to, uh, to consider. Yeah. Like it just goes back to the fact of like when you, when you consume true crime, just remember that it's about the victim yes. and it's about what happened to them. And it's not about how interesting this psychopath is. And stop saying how hot Ted Bundy is. Or Richard Ramirez. Yes. Ew. Get Which, by over the way, it. have you seen his teeth? Richard Ramirez, mm. let's shit on him for a second. Let's shit on him. His he was like the most uh, uh the most cash grabbiest that is I he? saw, where it's like his art is so I look stupid. I had a picture, it's yeah. Just, tracings of Literally. like a tank or a, a lion from a the moon. Disney Lion King. And it's just like, you can't draw. And this is just so pathetic. Richard, you can't draw. <laughs> a lot of them, actually a lot of them are like that, where I said before, where yeah. it's like, this is clearly not, uh, but that was just like a tracing, really, I man? I know. People need to s- shut up about it. Um, but yeah, I saw, uh, I saw a guy, <laughs> I saw a guy and it was some news clip I'll link it in my source notes when we post mm-hmm. the episode. Um, uh, this guy named Eric Holler, who runs one of these sites, who corresponded with Richard Ramirez specifically to get these yeah. little drawings, terrible drawings. Uh, and he and then the interviewer asked him, "Does Richard Ramirez get a cut of this?" And Eric Holler says, "Oh, I can't say that." And it's like, "You're a fucking wow! Shut up! Cool, cool. okay, cool." So I'm gonna I'm gonna be really vulnerable for a second. And make a little confession. Oh, God. Uh, I remember earlier this week, if you'll recall, we were talking about Halloween. Yes. And I was thinking. I remember. That I wanted to go as a Manson girl. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to go as one because it's, for one, a very easy costume. I kind of want to know what I would look like in a middle part. That interests me. Mm -hmm. And then you could just do like a really frumpy I would not put a swastika on my forehead for no, the record. Of course you that wasn't wouldn't. part of the plan. But I just thought like that's an easy costume and it's also like easy to recognize. Yeah. But after watching this interview with Sharon Tate's sister, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this was not that long ago. No. And uh and you can make the argument it doesn't matter how long ago it was, but it's that thing of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there are still people who are affected by this who are still alive and still suffering horribly. Horribly. From the repercussions. And I think it's easy for someone as famous as Manson or like John Wayne Gacy where they've become such a part of the fabric of our pop culture. Yeah, yeah. we just think like, oh yeah, these are like not real people. These are, uh, these are Characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, one of the, one of these serial killer collector guys was like, oh yeah, Charles Manson, he was the boogeyman of the 60s. And it's, it's like, like, he was a real man. He was also bad a bad thing. He was also a real man. Yeah. Of not that long ago. Of, of very recent years. Of very recently. When, when Molly was telling me about um, being a Manson Girl, I was like, I'll be Charles Manson. And then I quickly wrote back, <laughs> ew, no, I hate him. <laughs> right. And I mean it. I really hate murderers and I don't want to be like them. <laughs> I don't want to be like them, not even for Halloween. When, uh, when we, before we sat down to record this, Katie was like, I was reading your notes and I hate murderers. Hot like, take. <laughs> classic hot take from a, it's like a classic hot girl hot take. Like the thing that's unique about me it's and like, only. I hate murderers. I don't actually like murder. <laughs> I mean, it kind of seems like I am the only one that doesn't, to be honest. <laughs> after, yeah, after delving into this, it did start it, to feel like we were the only ones. Who just get it. Well, I'm going to go and uh, <laughs> d- 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 I'm going to work on my wholesome collections. 
And yeah. my and I'm going to think about a, a, a wholesome uh, Halloween costume. I'm going to collect marbles and I'm going to go as a mouse. Send us your Halloween costume ideas to our Instagram account. And I'm going to grab Molly's water bottle as soon as she's done with it to put under my bed <laughs> in my collection. And I'm going to citizens arrest Katie <laughs> for what is clearly a theft. <laughs> halt! Halt, thief! Citizens arrest! Let's citizens arrest this podcast. <laughs>